We didn't even go over how we're going to start this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the intro. That's the intro. Oh, welcome to our show. Yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Rissa and I'm Taylor and we're the, the music, music business, business babes. babes. So in this podcast, we're going to be discussing and learning more about the music business industry and discussing all the ins and outs of the industry, why this could be important to you and for us as well as we learn something new together. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go over terms and job opportunities, um, maybe some interesting facts about songs and artists some things about the charts, just everything and anything music business. It's a very interesting topic. There's a lot of things that go on within the music industry that not a lot of people are aware of. And so mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to, you know, yeah, 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 we're going <laughs> to. <laughs> okay, this can be quite a difficult niche to get into. And many people don't learn some of these terms that we're going to be talking about yeah. uh, here until college. So also there's a lot of big news that passes by in the industry without many people even knowing about it. Mm -hmm. So we're here to tap into the industry mysteries as we learn ourselves and come to discuss it all right here. There's a lot to learn and a lot of fun to be had. Yes. So first, let's talk about ourselves. Let's introduce ourselves in case you don't know who we are. Yeah, which you probably don't. But yeah, um, it's so <laughs> it's nice to meet you. I'm Rissa. I am a singer songwriter, guitarist, vocalist, music business major, and I'm an audio producer at the Tarleton radio station. In the future, my goals include becoming a music producer. Nice. So right now we're doing audio, <laughs> yeah. you know, audio production, but I'd like to get into music production personally. Nice. Very cool. Well, hello, everyone. Nice to meet you. My name is Taylor. I am a music business major. My main instrument is the trumpet, actually. I'm the head drum major for the Sound and the Fury Marching Band, also at Tarleton State University. And I am the production director out of the radio station here. Some of my quick goals. Let's see. Well, I just want to be happy in whatever I do. I'm an over planner. So at any given time, I've like got my retirement planned out for me. <laughs> so I have like a bunch of different paths that I think I can take. And it's just like what doors are going to open kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So just wherever I end up, I want to be like secure and happy in what I'm doing. Like I think it would be cool if I wrote my own music. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in EDM genre and like performing at raves and stuff. That would be fun and traveling the world. But that's like plan A. <laughs> yeah. And plan Z is like part-time teacher doing something like maybe private lessons. I'm writing music on the side. I'm mm -hmm. also a painter, so I like to paint. I don't know. I just want to be happy in whatever I do. But I think production would be really cool. Like even just working out of a little recording studio mm -hmm. and getting to work with artists. Yeah, I really want to do studio work. I've already been working on producing my own personal music in the singer-songwriter genre. But here lately I've been getting more into making beats and like doing more of like hip-hop stuff yeah. on the side. Like, <laughs> but because I just, I just love all genres of music and wherever I am in life, I want to be a musician and be in the music industry, whatever that may be. Nice. So. So today our topic is what is music business? So while we're telling you about ourselves, we're also going to tell you about obviously the podcast and a little bit more about what this podcast is going to look like since this mm -hmm. is our first ever episode. Music today is nearly a constant part of everyday life when you think about it. Music is played in your car when you drive, in the background while you shop, when you watch TV. 
movies, and many more places. Learning all about music surrounding us is basically learning about the industry. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is the biggest form of communication, Mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. I feel like you really don't realize how much you listen to music until you sit down and think about Mm. when I'm in a restaurant, I'm listening to music Mm -hmm. when I'm driving, like every, everything. You ever watch a TV show where it like doesn't have any music in the background (gasps) and it feels awkward. Yeah. It feels weird. Mm Mm-hmm. The general definition, which I took from study.com, the music industry is a general term for all the parties involved in the creation, performance, recording, promotion, and managing the profitable business of music. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's, 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 you know, that's it. That's the end of our podcast. Yeah. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for coming, y'all. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that people don't know a lot about is the money side of it mm-hmm. and how much goes into that. And I think a lot of artists don't know about the money side of it and a lot of the times they'll not be getting their money yeah for having their music on streaming services and mm-hmm. all kinds of things just because it's not very widely available unless you know exactly what to google mm-hmm. like how to get these services and how to obtain your royalties and just everything so yeah yeah that's a lot that's a lot of the mysteries yes <laughs> so Typically, when you think about the music business industry or getting into music business, and I know when I got to college and I said I wanted to study music, mm-hmm. everyone just assumed I was going for performance. And it's like in music, there's the artist and like that's all people really think about. Yeah. Or they think you're going to be an educator. Yeah. That's about your two options. Yeah. Until you really dive into it and you learn more about it. So in the definition, talking about all these different things, creation, performance, like performance is just really one, recording, promotion, managing. There's different job opportunities you can have outside of just the artist. The first one I want to talk about is the music producer, which kind of relates to, you know, what you said you want to do and what we're kind of working here to do. Yeah. So a good way to think about this is a director is to a film what a music producer is to a song. They essentially oversee all aspects of the creation of a song or an album. The producer has to make decisions and work with everyone involved in the production process to convey their vision. This position requires communication skills and a great understanding of budgets and logistics. Mm -hmm. Like you were talking about, you need to know money, what licenses and things you need to have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's also, like you may have one person come in to record a song, but there's so many other instruments and things. And if you're not going to use synth in your recording, like you're going to have to budget in other artists to come and perform the other pieces of the songs, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So one of the other job opportunities is artist manager. And I know that once you get to college and you go into music, it's either performance or teacher. And then the next one, once you kind of get into the music business side of things, is artist Mm -hmm. manager. Yeah. That is like the number one. Everyone wants to be an artist manager or everyone assumes that you're going to be a manager Mm -hmm. of someone else. So um, an artist manager, they help book gigs, they plan out projects, recordings, releases, and tours. Um, And the artist manager also does get paid through a contract agreement, and prices generally are made between the artist and the manager. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a big deal in class when you're talking about that, and there's a lot that goes into the manager. And you can even, if your client's like too big and it's a lot to handle, even parts of the management job can be split up into different jobs, like the making of the contract to mm-hmm. figure out the prices that 
you know, your manager is going to get paid per show or whatever. Like there's a person who can write the contracts who's outside of that and they always have a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. And one of the biggest things is being passionate about the music that you are mm. managing. Yeah. That was a big thing that was talked about. And it's a really important aspect because if you're not passionate about who you're trying to promote, then how are you going to promote it? Yeah. And go to the shows and listen to it if you don't like it. Mm -hmm. It helps to just be in that niche or that genre that you're into anyway, because it helps you find more opportunities. Mm -hmm. Like, if I don't like rock, I'm not going to know where a lot of the rock people perform. And yeah, yeah, yeah. who to or hook how, them up with? How and like what manner to promote that in mm -hmm. so that it reels them in? Yeah. <laughs> so agreed. There's also a couple others like um, we're going to touch on these later in our podcasts mm -hmm. coming up. But publisher and music archives, um, these get more complicated than they need to be. But for an example, there's a place called J.W. Pepper where you go and you can find your sheet music, which just like the notes on the page, in case you don't know what sheet music is. Yeah. So that's the music archive spot. And they also have a lot of the publishing information. You can publish there. You can get your copyrights. It's a whole other rabbit yeah. hole. But even a publisher is a very well-to-do job. Yeah, and they can offer a variety of services, but usually usually they deal with um, the licensing mm -hmm. and copyright. Yeah, lots of other jobs too, like location sound engineer, some guy who comes mm -hmm. out just to set up your speakers and like the guys at the concert, you know, there's they don't set their own speakers up. There's someone that gets hired to go out to the stadium. Yeah. There's mixers, DJs, you know, radio people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You and me. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I worked a small job for a film crew mm. like a year or two ago, and I was, um, oh, I forgot what I was. <laughs> it was like a PA, yeah. I think. <laughs> okay, so I worked a, a small job for a film crew a couple years ago, and really I was just an assistant to just the whole production, but mostly the audio. All I got to do really was wrap up cables, but it was very interesting to see how the audio side comes into film mm -hmm. it was just like a like kind of like a reality show type mm -hmm. situation but yeah it's it's just really interesting how the audio side is plays into a lot of different industries that you don't really think about having such a prevalent impact on that whole production and how it all works out yeah film as you mentioned and even composers lyricists songwriters mm -hmm. like yourself there's people who will write lyrics and that's that's their job yeah and they make good money with it you know so then they have to work with artists that make yeah. music or audio and you'll you'll hear in popular music there's certain songwriters that write most of the music for mm -hmm. artists that you don't realize don't write their own songs and you'll kind of notice once you see like Sia mm -hmm. writing music for Rihanna and all these other popular musicians and you'll kind of notice that okay this all kind of sounds the same and it's because it's these songwriters mm -hmm. that are writing all of the songs for these different artists and those kind of change over time and it's not necessarily the artists that are changing the music but it's the songwriters behind it yeah i didn't realize that until honestly a few years ago when mm -hmm. i was looking up the different job opportunities and lyricists and mm -hmm. it's like what yeah, yeah. <laughs> like bts topped the charts in 2020 mm -hmm. with their song dynamite yeah and i remember thinking like wow they did this all in english and that's their second language like yeah. they probably sat down and wrote it and i was like wait a minute and i googled it and it was written by other people and it wasn't 
them. Yeah. It's just, that's crazy. K-pop is such an interesting genre, too, because like with that band, you don't notice that English is the second language. Yeah. And it's very interesting how those industries in different countries can kind of merge over mm-hmm. to each other. And It's entertaining. <laughs> yes, it, it is. Term time. Term time. Term time. <laughs> it's time for terms. <laughs> time for term time. Are you ready for term time? No. <laughs> okay, what's what's our term, Taylor? The term today is production. Production. Yes. Production in music is the process of creating a project of recorded music and the process thereof. Mm. Again, production in music is the process of creating a project of recorded music and the process thereof. The process thereof. Yeah, I like you, like, that. you like that? Yes. A little, little twist mm. on the end there. That's nice. Yeah. So basically, all those people working really hard to get everything put together from start to finish is production. When we make this podcast, we're sitting here recording it, but then we both get to go and edit it and yes. make it pretty and put in music and work on levels yes. and then put it together and put it through the system and publish it. I'm getting excited. I know, me too. <laughs> me too. Okay. So with production, I guess we could talk about kind of what that entails, you know? Okay. There's a lot of equipment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of programs. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of programs. That's a deep rabbit hole. Yes. And we'll talk about that an, on another episode and more in depth. But just know that there's a lot of programs. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. <laughs> Insert cricket noises while we yes. think about all the different ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so today's subtopic, our first topic was just all about what is music business. And we touched on it a little bit earlier, but it is money. So how much is really in the industry? Mm-hmm. How much do people make? So taken from Statista.com, mm. got to credit our helpers. In 2019, the total revenue of the recorded music industry amounted to 21.5 billion U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. Streaming made up 56% of this figure, bringing in 11.9 billion dollars globally. Statistics are being totaled still for 2020, but music streaming grew by 85% compared to 80% in 2019, which I think a lot of the streaming increase could just be from COVID. COVID. <laughs> yes, it has it affected it has affected and it is affecting and it mm-hmm. will affect the music industry for a long time when it comes to streaming and things like that. Because honestly, the way that most artists make the most money is touring. Yeah. Like you don't make a lot of money streaming. Yeah. that Touring is the number one. They teach that to us in our music business classes. Yeah. They say if you want to be artist tour even yes. if you tour this tiny little town that we're sitting in yeah it's gonna, gonna get you more, more money, money. Mm-hmm. i mean that's how ed sheeran is has made crazy yeah crazy amounts of money just touring mm-hmm. pause for key asmr <laughs> we're not educated <laughs> we're not educated <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so as of 2019, Spotify reported that they pay between 0.00331 and $0.00437 per stream to artists for their songs. Oh my gosh. Yes, it is a very small number. You don't make very much money per stream unless you have someone just like playing it over and over. That's me. Yeah. You are my favorites. You're welcome. I give you your paycheck. (laughs) Yeah. So if you like an artist, you should just have that song on on repeat all day long. Yeah. But uh, I think with COVID, it 
I mean, obviously people are streaming more songs Mm -hmm. and things like that. And that kind of opens up the issues with licensing and Mm -hmm. things like that when it comes to artists utilizing Facebook for doing online concerts Mm -hmm. and how they kind of tried to take that away. They did take that away. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was just to figure things out for Mm -hmm. a minute or just, I don't know. I don't know. It was kind of a kind of a tricky situation. Yeah. It felt very whenever I was reading articles about it, it felt very like a slap in the face to artists. Mm-hmm. Like it was just very harsh saying that if you try to put on a concert and create a musical experience is how they worded it, mm-hmm. then your page will be deleted and your video will be be deleted. Yeah. All for doing a Facebook Live type thing, yeah. which hurt college kids because we have to do junior and senior recitals before mm-hmm. you're allowed to really graduate as a performance major. So, you know, they couldn't do that because nobody could be there. You had to have all the professors present and then obviously your parents and friends, if they're there, they want to go. Yeah. So, and you still have to do it. So they were doing it from the live stream and then all of a sudden, oh, you can't live stream. Yeah. And... And I was I also did like a small concert for a nursing home in town because they had stricter limitations than mm-hmm. anyone and still have it. So and they really enjoy live live music mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, of course, like they always have music coming to perform for them, churches, just people from communities and things like that. So I put on a show for the nursing home in my hometown. And then once Facebook did that, like I, I couldn't really do that anymore. And that makes me sad. Because it was a really good tool for artists, and it was a really good starting place for artists. So we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. Okay, under the money topic, artists and musicians do make a lot of money, despite what some people think. Yeah. They make money from royalties, advances, playing live, like we mentioned, touring, Mm -hmm. selling merchandise, licensing fees for their own music. And it sounds like a lot of revenue streams, like even just that, you know, outside because you can get a lot of money from touring and then there's all these others. Mm -hmm. But you can't forget that they often do have to share that money with the people that we already talked about, not to mention Mm -hmm. record labels and stuff that do like to take your money as well. That's how they exist. So um, there's mechanical royalties, performance rights royalties. mm -hmm. And a lot of the don't let the word royalties scare you because we are going to talk about it in the next week's podcast where we dive into all these terms that yes. might have flown by and you're like, wait, what? So yeah. we're going to hit those next week. Yeah. And on that, like even a publisher, that can take up to 50 percent, mm-hmm. you know, like it is a large amount. So even though you're making a lot of money, you're paying a lot of people, too. Yeah. For services that you can't do yourself. Yep. <laughs> like you have to you have to pay for these people to put your music out to collect your money for you. And license things for you. Yep. A lot of money just everywhere. Yeah. But I think that kind of goes along with, like, there's a lot of different avenues and jobs Mm -hmm. in the music industry that a lot of people don't realize. And, you know, there's a lot of parents that don't want their kids to get into music because they're worried that they're not going to have a successful career or they're not going to be able to, to make enough money. When really there's so many different directions that you can take. It's like a very versatile career mm-hmm. path. So that's probably where a lot of that money comes from. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't think about that. Like, I remember when I was talking to my parents about doing music mm-hmm. and 
you know, talking to anybody about doing music, Mm -hmm. they automatically just assume you're going to be broke. You're Mm -hmm. not going to make it. You're going to have some little shack where you and you're going to have to be out on the street with your case open playing music. And that's just what they picture when you say you want to be in music. We'll we'll play for change. Yeah. (laughs) Which I I have done. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, we we do it. But I mean, you have to start somewhere, but it definitely will take you somewhere Mm -hmm. like wherever you want to go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus there's a lot more jobs in music other than yeah, being the, the artist or yeah, <laughs> being the hobo artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more and we already mentioned some of them, but to dive in deeper on specifically how much they make in case mm-hmm. you are curious because we talked about how much the whole industry makes. Mm-hmm. Now, a music producer, mm-hmm. which is what you would like to do someday. Yes, hopefully. And <laughs> what we're kind of getting practice on now. Mhm. They average anywhere about 29000 to 99000 a year. So on average, these are just averages taken, so mm-hmm. totaled together, was about $50,986 yeah. a year, which is, I mean... It's not like a whole bunch, but... Yeah, I mean, that's not even... That technically doesn't have to be your full-time job. Yeah, so like I think that's another misconception is that you just have to pick one. Yeah. But you can be a musician... Or you can manage musicians, or you can produce other people's music and produce your music. Mm-hmm. And there, you can just do a whole bunch of different things at once. Yeah. Plus, really. if you're good at writing lyrics, mm-hmm. then write your lyrics and then sell some. Yeah. Do commissions sell, for sell your lyrics. Yeah. Maybe you work on a on a film crew that's mm-hmm. coming to town. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many different. It's like it's like kind of odds and ends jobs, or maybe rent out your your PA system, yeah, you know, like your your speaker system for someone's wedding, mm-hmm. like run sound for someone. Yeah. Like all of these things, there's so many, there's usually, you know, like without COVID, there's so many events going on mm-hmm. usually that you can, you know, like run sound yeah. for lots of different events and things like that. Yeah. I mean, if you have enough equipment in your home, you just clear out some space, set up your equipment and boom, you have a recording studio for someone who has nothing. Yes. Yes. And it's it's a lot easier nowadays to make your own studio in an affordable way. Yeah. And that's how a lot of artists do it is they have their own little studio that they just kind of piece together and just work from, you know, work in steps of building that to be a bigger studio and to do mm-hmm. more work. And Yeah. Plus, we'll talk about the different programs. Speaking of that old rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and equipment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's like my favorite part. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah. Okay. So then we have artist manager. Mm -hmm. They average anywhere from 41,000 to 106,000 a year. So you're getting into the six digit figure in there. Yeah. And they average about $66,130. Or if you want to look at it this way, it's about $32 an hour. Yeah. And I do have a friend who is an artist manager, mm-hmm. and she does have a lot of free time. She's looking for another job, and she's actually looking for other artists to manage. Yeah. And we both used to have a, have a professor who was at Tarleton, and he managed multiple students and even artists from that he knew before coming here. And he had like five different people he was managing, plus mm-hmm. he was working at a university, and he did his own thing on the side. Yeah. So. You know, even at $32 an hour, man, that's a good part-time job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we also have a publisher, mm-hmm. which they can range from 46833 to 64980 
85 with an average of 55,194. Yeah, not that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not bad, especially when you think about how you're going to be in the music industry. You're probably going to do more than one of these. Yeah. Like it just makes sense in your life. Mm-hmm. Like you can mix any of these. Like if you're into producing and then you have like maybe one artist that you manage, mm-hmm. even if it's yourself, like yeah. then you're working on your profile mm-hmm. while you're producing for other people. So you're getting practice and yeah. getting the free work for yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And with all this location matters from the money equation. Yes. Okay. The absolute worst place, the worst state in the U.S. for music business job opportunities Mm -hmm. and just opportunities to work in music at all Mm -hmm. is Hawaii. Yes. You wouldn't think that. I wouldn't think that. Because it's such a touristy spot. Yeah. You'd think that they would need a lot of entertainment, but it's actually the worst. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. The best, though. It's New York, which makes a lot of sense. That's where I plan to go. I want to do my master's at NYU. So, yeah. That'll be fun. Because they're the number one, and I've looked at their music business program. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Plus, Lady Gaga went there. Fun Mm. fact. She's got her own Oreos. If that's not successful, I don't know what is. Yeah. So, y'all need to make a career change. Yeah. (laughs) So, that's where I'm going. Yeah. Um, Number two is Cali, California. California. <laughs> yeah, so California. That is, I figured that one. I feel like New York and California were pretty easy. Yeah. And then where we live, Texas. Good old Texas. It's number 27 on that list. Mm-hmm. So New York number one, California two, Texas 27. So Hawaii last. <laughs> very last. Yeah. So if you really want to get into music business and you really want to travel or if you want to do anything with music, really relocate, hang out in New York, you need some money. But once you get there, yeah, it'll be OK. Yeah. Yeah. Or Cali. Yeah, Have some fun with like, the beaches. I feel like the music business industry is always in the most expensive places to live. Yeah. Because I want to go to Austin and mm-hmm. it is so expensive. But yeah. I feel like there's, like we said, a lot of opportunities to kind of branch out into multiple avenues of the music business industry and definitely yeah austin's a good place i feel like that's where texas gets a lot of its number yeah that in dallas yeah 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 dallas just depends on the genre yeah and if you don't know what genre is all about tune in two weeks from now (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, because we have everything planned out. <laughs> okay, insert song of the week song here. Actually, we don't have a song for song of the week. Song of the week. Song of the week. A song, song of, of the, the week. week. Song of the week. <laughs> I liked it. We'll just use that. <laughs> okay, would you like to go first at your song of the week? Yes. I will go. <laughs> I will tell you all about my song of the week. So the song that <laughs> song of the week, yeah. <laughs> the song that I chose was Led Zeppelin's "Stairway to Heaven," nice. and I chose this song because I think that it has like a concept that we're going to be talking about. I feel like quite a bit, which is copyright claims and copyright infringements mm-hmm. and court cases mm. on these. So after a very very long time of Led Zeppelin being sued for copyright claims from tourists Hmm. it finally got settled in 2018 and that's a band from 
like the 60s. Yeah, I actually did not know about this. Yeah, so, and, and I mean, if you listen to it, so it's the song Taurus from the band Spirit. Oh. Yeah, so they had copyright claims that they had stolen the song's, like, opening riff, which is the most iconic part of yeah. Stairway to Heaven. It's that they stole the opening riff from Taurus. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to it, it's it's pretty different. Oh. Like, it... It, get, it gets the same vibe, but it's there's not enough there to, yeah. like, fight that. But they have been fighting it for a very long time, and it was finally closed in 2018 that they did not win it, and Led Zeppelin did not steal it. Good. So, yeah. Good. Wow. Y'all should go check out Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin, the opening riff. I'm sure you already know it, but then listen to Taurus by Spirit. And see if you feel like it's the same vibe. Yeah. yeah. That was actually one of the first songs that I put on to my iPod. <laughs> I had the, I think it's like the Nano or whatever, yeah. where it's like there's a little circle. Oh, like oh yeah, yeah. I around. think I had one too. Yeah, I had a neon green one. This yeah. was one of the first songs I put on. It was a good song. Yeah. Okay, my song of the week is March, March by The Chicks. Hmm. And I took some of my information from NPR. Hmm. In case you wanted to go read up more on it. Okay. The song was released by Columbia Records on July 17th of last year, 2020. The song was produced by Jack Antonoff and The Chicks. It's the group's first album in 14 years. The song lyrics and video references current and past public protests involving racial justice, police brutality, climate change, and LGBTQ plus rights. In the music video at one point, it scrolls through the names of dozens of black victims of police brutality and those who died, including George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Eric Gardner, and many more that flash by rather quickly for more than a full minute. Hmm. The Chicks, which are formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, they changed their name to distance themselves from a name associated with the Confederate era South. Mm -hmm. So for many years, the trio avoided politics and served as a cautionary tale to country musicians in terms of avoiding politics themselves. Because in 2003, shortly before the U.S. invaded Iraq, Natalie Maines in the group told an audience in London that they did not support the military action and that she was, quote, ashamed that then U.S. President George W. Bush was like the band from Texas. The musicians experienced immediate career fallout despite having been massively popular with country audiences before those statements. The group was dropped from country radio stations. Some country fans also staged anti-Dixie Chick demonstrations, which included destroying copies of the band CDs. Mm. The switch of their name was not made with any kind of official announcement or explanation, but simply by the release of this song. A spokesperson for the group's label, Columbia Records, which are part of Sony Music Entertainment, told NPR that the Chicks had no comment on the name change. But the switch came two weeks after another country music group, the former Lady Antebellum, changed its name to Lady A. So that change was accompanied by a social media statement in which Lady A said that the country's recent attempts to reckon with racial justice issues had made the band members' eyes open wide to inequality. Hmm. So it's a very moving song. You definitely need to listen to it with a box of tissues. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch the music video. But it's it's quite catchy too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually we have a friend in the radio station, Cole. She's the one who showed me that she has a podcast called Making Space. Um, it's a diversity dialogue. It talks about just like different people who you may come into contact to and just like learning more about them and getting questions answered, stuff like that. And 
I was looking for a song. I was like, well, I kind of want one that's impactful and like, mm-hmm. you know, like something deep. And she yeah. said, well, have you heard this song? And it had like just came out whenever mm-hmm. she showed me this. And I was like, oh, okay. So mm-hmm. It's on my playlist now. <laughs> I feel I feel weird about the Dixie, the chicks. Yeah, yeah, right. The chicks, <laughs> Lady Annabellum, Lady A now. I don't know. I think it's strange to like name your band. I just yeah. feel like there's a lot of thought that comes into naming yeah. and branding yourself. Yes. And I just think that like I don't know. I feel like if you were thinking about it that hard yeah. in the beginning, yeah. like you should have never named it that. This is true. I mean the chicks the I mean, they were the Dixie chicks from quite a while ago mm-hmm. and it was a big name and it was I mean, kind of fitting back then, but now it's, you know, now it's not really, we don't really hear Dixie a lot. Yeah, I just think it's kind of odd. I mean, I think so, too. To, like, yeah. I just feel like if you put so much thought into something, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd have to do more research. Maybe they had, maybe they did have a meaning behind it or something, but. I don't know. I'll have to do some more research, too, but as it stands now, I just feel weird about it. Yeah. You know, like, I don't really feel like applauding. Yeah, um, you know when they could have, like it's your name and you choose it, so mm-hmm. you could have done it before. <laughs> this is true. You know, this is true. But I think the name. Yeah, I think the name change now is good, just because everyone knows them for oh. the bad reputation from that instance. You know, so yeah, no, I mean, I I definitely think that it's good that they changed it. Yeah. I was just I'm very interested to see the backstory and why they were compelled to name it that in the first place. Yeah, and then why they were compelled to change it just now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, they actually, when they were asked about it, they they didn't, like, it was not made any kind of official announcement. They mm-hmm. didn't explain it. It was just all of a sudden they released this song and, oh, yeah. it's the same people, but they changed their name. And yeah. there was no explanation or any reason when they got asked for it. So. Yeah. I think that's a big part of music is trying to really look at your music and see how it's going to be interpreted. How are your lyrics going to be interpreted? Mm-hmm. How are the things that you say? Because you're communicating these these concepts, these topics to people. And sometimes they can be vague or, you know, like very indirect yeah. in like the way that you're saying things. And I feel like you always have to be aware of how could someone interpret this and how do I want people to interpret this and what do I think people are going to think that I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I think if you're being yeah. ambiguous. That's the whole point, I think, personally, of music. Like, that's why I want mm-hmm. to write music. And even if it's just creating a musical, audible space for someone mm-hmm. to go to, or some people like to share their story or tell about something that happened, or mm-hmm. that's how that they're able to express themselves and get their emotions. Like, that's the whole deep part of music. Yeah. Yeah. I always have for my music, it's music to invoke thought Mm. because I like to write about topics that are sometimes hard to talk about, you know, like maybe abuse and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I like to do it in an ambiguous way. And that's why I was saying that you have to be aware of how you're conveying that and how it could be interpreted. This is the part of the podcast where we are going to do trivia. We can either come up with questions or we have looked up questions and we quiz the other person. Would you like to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. Taylor. Yes. (laughs) How long does a normal copyright last? Oh, um, 
I don't. I don't. Mm, okay, I'll give you. I'll give you some multiple okay. choice. Yes. Okay. 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 Thirty years. Okay. Author's life plus seventy years. Author's life plus thirty years mm. or one hundred years. I'm gonna say author's life plus. 70. Ding, 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 ding. <gasps> yeah, that's correct. Yeah. I was guessing that. Out so, of pocket. Yeah, copyright has changed so many times. Mm. But I think that's the current. I knew it had author's life. Yeah. But I didn't know, because I thought that there was some time after that, and I couldn't pick. Yeah, 70 years. Dang. So, yeah. Yeah. It used to be that you could renew it. Yeah. I think it was like 28 years, mm. and then you had to renew it for another 28 years. That's but, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, because it takes forever for stuff to get into public domain. Yeah. So there's some some things that are entering public domain this year, January 2021, um, were actually songs from 1925. Oh, wow. And since copyright changed so many times, like the law, I think they were actually supposed to enter public domain earlier, huh. but they like got extended. I don't know. So Neat. Yeah. Learn something new. Okay, so, following Hamilton's release on Disney Plus in July 2020, the cast album reached number two on the Billboard 200 and earned the best showing for any cast album since which project spent 13 weeks at number one at 1969? Mm. Let me say that again. That's kind of long. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Following Hamilton's release on Disney Plus in July 2020, the cast album reached number two on the Billboard 200 and earned the best showing for any cast album since which project spent 13 weeks at number one in 1969. So you got got some answer choices. Okay. Okay. A. West Side Story. B. The Phantom of the Opera. C. Grease. Or D. Hair. Hmm. Which one was number one in 1969 for 13 weeks? In 1969. Yeah. I'm going to go with Mm -hmm. hair. (gasps) You are correct. Did you know that? Or were you just totally guessing? I was guessing, but I was using deductive reasoning. Dang. I think. Okay, what was your reasoning? Well, because Greece, Mm -hmm. wasn't that later? I think so. Because it was set... In, yeah, 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 that like time period, uh-huh. but it was produced. I'm thinking of the movie, but yeah. that's what I was going off of. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I think some of those are smart. set in time periods, but they weren't actually during that time period. So yeah. I feel like hair was, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, yeah, that was my thought that was process. smart. I had no <laughs> idea. My only thought process, like when I was, I got these questions off mm-hmm. of Billboard, yeah, and. When I was going through, I did not make a very good score going through some of these <laughs> questions. And this one was the one that I thought seemed easy, but wasn't. Yeah. I guessed Phantom of the Opera because mm. it was, I mean, everyone knows that one. It's consistently been mm-hmm. popular. Yeah, that or West Side Story just because I knew it was older, but I didn't know the time period. So, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yay. Well, that about wraps up today's episode. Join us next week for Mysteries in the Industry. We will discuss the industry as a whole and unravel mysteries of hidden meanings within songs and album art and much, much more. Yes, you won't want to miss this. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. 
This has been a Tarleton Radio Network podcast with production from me, Taylor Welch, and me, Carissa Cole. Find more great shows by searching Tarleton Radio Network wherever you get your podcasts.